The difficulty is you spend all your time managing the organization and forgetting there's an outside world. You right. sometimes feel you're in a, you're in this sort of bubble or, or silo. So I realized that the thing we should do and why I set it up was to start connecting dots, as we call them, which are not connected. They ought to be. And we have numerous instances where when we do the ecosystem meetings, we actually meet people in person. Welcome to Digital Health Connect, empowering global collaboration podcast. The podcast that brings together the brightest minds in the digital health industry to explore the latest innovations and trends. Join us as we dive deep into the world of digital health and hear from industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators who are shaping the future of healthcare. In today's episode, we interviewed Brian O'Connor, chair of the ACH Alliance Group, an organization that connects together 4.6 billion people in the healthcare industry with a global reach across 78 countries. With its international network of more than 75 digital health ecosystems and more than 1,000 members, the ACH Alliance connects the dots through its more than 22,000 experts and professionals. Well, hello, good morning. Um, I'm here with Brian O'Connor. He's the chair of the UCH Alliance. Good morning, Brian. Good morning. So for a little bit of introduction, please let us know what is the ACH Alliance? Well, the ACH Alliance is a community organization uh, made up of lots of communities uh, from all sectors within the health and care field. Uh, it is something that I think there are not many organizations like us because many others focus on a particular industry or sector or uh, companies or universities. We actually incorporate all of them. So we are now a global organization incorporating all of the interests across the health and care sector. Right. So, um, let us know a little bit more about the ACH Alliance. What is um, its mission? Well, we've been around for about 10 or 11 years. And like most organizations, uh, your things change over years and you have to learn as you go along and adapt. So it's only recently we have realized we've got to condense our strategy, our mission, if you like, uh, into the smallest number of words possible because not everybody's got a lot of attention when you're speaking to them. So in our case, we decided after much discussion with the internal team and our, our members as well, we decided that we would reduce our mission to connect, convene, amplify, and accelerate. Now it's easy, it's maybe it's not so easy to pick the words, but we picked those words. The beauty of that is that it forced us, first of all, to figure out who are we? What are we doing? What are we doing well? What are we not doing so well? Because every organization can improve. So we have those four words to guide us uh, in, in our mission. And what is the team working right now? Well, we work on a lot of things. This is this was why we, we had to review our strategy because you can't do everything is the first thing we concluded. Right. Secondly, we were doing much more than we ever anticipated doing. Um, because uh, basically, we, we rep because we represent such a broad uh, number of, of different industries, universities, hospital groups, governments, etc. We have to understand from them, not from us, but from them as to what do they want? 
and we break it into sort of needs and solutions. So we will say to someone, what do you actually need? And sometimes it's quite amazing that sometimes they hesitate for a long time because they're not altogether sure what they need. Um, they know what they want, which is quite different from what they need. Mm -hmm. So when we discover that, we then go to our other members and our communities around the world and say, have you got a solution to this particular need? So we spend a lot of time now on EU projects, for example. Uh, we're now doing more and more global projects with Africa, with India, etc. Um, we also, what's really interesting is that our ecosystem network, which we refer to as our infrastructure, is in many ways unique because people are very good at organizing events, having big events. Uh, and of course, they have, they have a part to play. But that is not what we're about. We do events as well with our partners around the world. But the reality is you have to sustain the communities. You have to sustain the, the coming together and the innovation, which only comes from regular connections, regular listening, as well as speaking. So we have now got 75 of these ecosystems, which again, when we started them, people said we were crazy. Uh, you'll, never, you'll never get them off the ground. We've now got 75 of these. These are permanent that means they meet, in most cases, three, every three months in their own region or country. We then, they're all multi-stakeholder and they're all communities. So we bring them together under our neutral umbrella. And as a result of that, we can sustain the messages, sustain the needs and solutions throughout the year with the events playing an important, but not the only part in them. Great. So um, what would you say that it would be the main areas of the ACH Alliance in terms of health? Well, I think we started off uh, being called the European Connected Health Alliance because at that stage, our ambition was Europe. Uh, we soon found the name was too long, so we shortened the ECH Alliance. And as a result, uh, people now know us as the ECH Alliance. The main purpose is to connect, go back to those four words. What I found in my past experience in healthcare, when I had various companies in nursing homes, in care at home, in uh, a GP network I set up in Hong Kong, for example, the one thing that struck me afterwards was how few people know each other. They know of each other in some cases, but they are all in silos. So health services generally are in silos. The silos themselves are huge, of course. In the case of the NHS, it employs 1.2 million people in England. I mean, that's a big organization to manage. The difficulty is you spend all your time managing the organization and forgetting there's an outside world. You right. sometimes feel you're in, a, you're in this sort of bubble or, or silo. So I realized that the thing we should do and why I set it up was to start connecting dots, as we call them, which are not connected. They ought to be. And we have numerous instances where when we do the ecosystem meetings, we actually meet people in person. And I remember once uh, where I said to a lady who I know from Finland saying, oh, you must know this lady. And she said, why would I know her? Well, because she works in Finland. Yeah, but Finland's a big country. Yes, but where does she work? It turned out that this other lady is an also professor, works in the same university, in the same campus, in the same building, one on the fifth floor and one on the fourth floor. They've known of each other for two and a half years. They're in the same field of digital health, but they've wow. never actually met. 
So as a result, we literally do sometimes have to get to that detailed stage of connecting those people. They, by the way, now do joint papers on digital health and care. And we do projects with those two ladies because it is about once you connect and listen to people, you find what they need. Go back to that again. So I think our main focus has always been on digital health, but you cannot, you cannot simply focus on digital without looking also at the underlying overall health situation. What diseases are we trying to look after? What, what initiatives are coming out of the UN and the World Health Organization that we can support? So we find ourselves being leaders in digital health, but actually you have to understand you've got to get your, your connections back into the day-to-day -day work of hospitals, of doctors' practices, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So coming back into the who is ACH Alliance and and what are um, their members, what would you say that are the different types of members that are in the ACH Alliance? Well, I think um, to summarize, uh, first of all, we start off with um, health services. That might be the NHS thing. It might be uh, the regional uh, bodies in Spain, for example, or Italy or Finland or wherever. So we bring in the systems. Now, that sometimes is a, is a public system. On the other mm -hmm. hand, it can well also be a combination of public and in health insurance. It can, in some countries, be private, but funded by insurance. So we bring those in because they are the people who are meant to provide the services to the population in whatever form and whatever funding uh, policies are around. Secondly, we then talk directly to the hospital groups. We have, I think, 120 hospital groups in our organization. Um, they need connectivity back into the next group, which, of course, is industry. Now, that can be startups. We have a lot of startups. But also, we shouldn't forget, there's a big emphasis on startups, rightly so. But a lot of innovation comes also from SMEs and even from some of the larger global companies. So we bring all of that uh, across the board into our organization. Another group, which it took us a few years to get this to work, but it's working now. We focused on patient groups because one of the things that I am convinced about is that we all talk about patients and we say it's for the good of patients. And I keep saying, what does the patient think? And all too often organizations, when everybody said, Next big thing is to put patients at the center. This is a, every so often you get this in the health business. Let's have this new slogan. What that meant in a lot of cases was simply changing your PowerPoint slides and putting the patients in the middle of the slide. And when you pressed on the slide, there was no substance behind it. So I decided we wouldn't do that. We would instead recruit patient organizations so we probably have a thousand patient organizations. So we listen to those people. We connect them with industry because many of those patient organizations have got people who suffer from a particular disease. For example, the rare disease group. You may find in one country only five people of that have been diagnosed with that disease. It's very difficult for them to have a voice. So we give them that voice. We often have them speak at our ecosystem meetings and people are taken aback that here's a real patient who says, I suffer every single day from this. Why aren't you, industry and the health, and the health systems, doing something about it? So by bringing that, that advocacy, that voice, we amplify their voice. We then transmit that globally. And we currently are involved in a lot of different disease groups 
around the world. And as a result, we're connecting with health systems, with industry, with um, also with research institutes. We have 300 and I think it's 350 universities and research groups around the world. It is amazing when you talk to these people or listen to them, how few of them are connected outside their own silo. And these are some of the most prestigious research organizations in the world. And they are so inward looking because that's the weight of the organizational structures. Right. We break down those silos and we connect all of those groups together. By doing that, you can have a real impact on real citizens' lives, not just on the players in the health and care sector. In that sense, how would that be translated on what role does the ACH Alliance um, play in promoting digital health solutions? Well, we do what we say. We, we listen. Mm -hmm. A word, by the way, which is often forgotten because yes. people talk about communications all the time. And I was doing a webinar the other day in India and I was asked, what, what do you think about communications, Graham? What's your, what role does it have to play? And I said, it depends. It depends why you're on broadcast mode. In other words, I've got a message. I'm going to deliver the message. I don't really care what you think. I'm just going to deliver my broadcast message. That means you're not listening. The most important part of communications, in my view, is listening, understanding the needs, and then responding with targeted, sensible connectivity. And then you then communicate that. We do that. It's very important when you have failures and successes to broadcast them. You shouldn't be afraid of some failures. It's inevitable, uh, unless you want to sit and do very little. Then you have not much chance of, of failing. But we want to do a lot. So inevitably, we go down a particular road and we find that's not the right road. So we, we tell people, don't go down that road. Don't make the mistakes we made. However, on successes, we have built within our own organization a very effective social media uh, group. We actually are regarded as one of the most effective communications groups in this whole sector, which is why many people come to us to include us in their projects. Secondly, we communicate directly on a regular basis with all of those ecosystems, and you can do it face-to-face. -face. As a result of that, we know more than most people do from our intelligence we've collected uh, as to what is actually needed. So we do it through a, a variety of things, not just social media, not only social media. We do it through our newsletter every month. We've actually a member-only newsletter, which gives them specific heads-up and indeed information in advance on certain tenders and so on and so forth. And we also, because we're now going, have gone global, we find that just the network we have enables us to know what's going on in parts of the world. And though it's not private information, there's so much public information, it's actually quite difficult to know what's going on in our sector in different parts of the world. So it's a combination of listening, of understanding, of picking up other people's needs and then promoting those uh, through our substantial network. So to finish up, mm -hmm. how can individuals and organizations get involved with um, the ACH Alliance initiatives? What would be the steps and the options that they have? Right. Well, first of all, we are a membership organization. So we have a number of membership categories on our website. People should join us because the more people join us, the more power that gives us as an advocacy organization. Um, uh, it also gives us a greater range of solutions. 
and needs. So the first thing is you can contact us on info at Tell us who you are, what you want to do. It happens daily. Uh, and what we then want to do is to say, we want you to connect locally first, because it's amazing how many people live in a region and they have no clue what's going on in the region. It's it fright. It, I can't believe it sometimes, but it's true. So what we would do is encourage you to join your local ecosystem group to amplify and encourage that. And that in turn, of course, is connected through our intelligence network to all those ecosystems across the world. So I think if you join us, you strengthen us. You also strengthen yourselves. Secondly, you do you strengthen your local ecosystem organization, which in turn sustains the communities we build around the world and gives you, if you're a business, real opportunities, not of general things, but actually of specifics. And um, we very often were doing some work at the moment for a bit, one company who wanted to be in three Amer European countries with their particular product. We then did our research. We worked out where the, the, the easier markets were for them. But we didn't then leave them alone. We introduced them on a personal one-to-one -one basis to the very people who may well be their customer in the future. So I think it's a very personal service and it's difficult to keep that going when you're global. But on the other hand, it's the only one that seems to work because advertising and blah, blah generally doesn't work. Doing works. Thank you very much, Brian, to be here today. It was a pleasure to have you and hearing your insights and expertise on the importance of collaboration in the digital health industry. And that's a wrap for today's episode of Digital Health Connect, empowering global collaboration. We hope you enjoyed listening to our interview with Brian McConnor, chair of the ACH Alliance Group. We encourage you to subscribe to our podcast and stay connected with us as we continue to explore the latest developments in digital health and the power of global collaboration. Thank you for tuning in and we'll see you in the next time.